If you could pick a title for the book of your life, what would it be? I would pick out a little lyric from a song I wrote in one of my middle school journals, probably. And I would call it Seas Inside, S-E-A-S, like the seas inside of us. Yeah. Just because I feel really abundant inside. Mm. I feel like I contain a lot. And don't we all in all of us? Like we are Mm -hmm. deep, us unhinged creative types. Like we just keep going. Hey, hi, hello. Angelia here. And I'm Alexis. And this is Before the Prologue. Alexis, I'm a busy mom of four, and you are a busy mom of one, but one child is still a lot. Right. Children, just in general, are a lot. And you have a full-time job, and it's just, we, we both have a lot on our plates. We are writing full-time. We're momming full-time. It's just a lot. And in all the allotness, sometimes it is hard to find the time to pick up a book and read. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard. But that is when our handy-dandy audiobooks come in handy because they allow a space for busy people to read or people with visual impairments Mm. to get to experience a story. And that is so important. And I have just recently started listening to audiobooks and I love them so much. They almost bring the story to life in a different level and different, almost feels like a whole different genre. I mean, it's a different media. But that is why I am so excited that we somehow managed to get this awesome guest on our podcast. And why don't you tell us who it is? Because I'm excited. Victoria Connolly is our guest today. Victoria is an audiobook narrator currently in her origin era. She's been acting as a narrator for over a year now, but is a lifelong performer and lover of all things creative. Her favorite genres to narrate and read are romance, YA, and fantasy, hopefully all three combined. She records audiobooks from her home studio in Washington State, where she lives with her husband and two kids. She sounds amazing, and I've heard her voice, and her voice sounds so, so soothing, and it's amazing. I loved it so much. She literally has the perfect narrator voice. She does. She does. So when uh, we have guests on the podcast, they fill out this little form so we know a little bit what to talk about with them and just, like, can get basic information from them. And Victoria put this super special thing in her bio that she wanted us to mention, and we just, we really feel compelled to mention it as well uh, because we are not the biggest fans of AI as creatives. Nope. But June is audiobook month, and Victoria is partnering with Pink Flamingo to raise awareness about the damaging use of AI to replace artists, specifically audiobook narrators. So we just want to encourage you all to go follow Pink Flamingo at pinkflamingo underscore productions on Instagram and follow Victoria while you're there. It's at Victoria Connolly Narrator on Instagram so you all can learn more and join the fight against AI. And I feel like as a book community, We've done a really good job at fighting against AI in the art yeah. community, um, but it is spreading in other yeah. places, such as audiobook narration, and it's spreading even in to our authors and writers. Like their voices are being mm-hmm. stolen and their words are being stolen. So we just want to encourage you to go follow Victoria and Pink Flamingo so you can help join the fight today. Support real artists, real art from humans because no one does it like humans mm-hmm. can. That's right. All right. You guys ready to hear from Victoria? Why did I say you guys? They can't respond. Alexis, are you ready to hear from Victoria? I was born ready. Pumping up like it's a pep rally. Hey. (laughs) Well, welcome, Victoria. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. We're just a few episodes in, but we've never had, is it, there's not a, is there a fancy word for it? Book narrator, audiobook narrator? Wait, what's the word? Yeah, that's it. Audiobook narrator. 
Nailed it. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you guys are new and I'm new too. And so that's why I reached out because I was just like, we have nothing to lose. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys do. I don't. (laughs) We're all about using this platform to just hear from voices in the bookish community in any capacity. It doesn't matter if you're an author or an agent. If you have anything to do yeah. with the book world, we want you. So we were so excited when you reached out. We look geeked yes. out a little bit because audiobook narrators, they help bring they help bring a story to life. You know, they breathe new yeah. life into a story. Yeah. And oh, I love it. I love it too. I, I listened to your, your first episode and then I got almost halfway through the second. So Alexis. Yeah. So I feel like I know you guys a little bit from that, yeah. from just listening a bit but yeah it was really like so amazing to hear such a kindred spirit in Angelia but I think we're all alike like moms in this bookish world like younger moms in this bookish world are just or everyone yeah I just feel a kindred spirit with every single one of them and I'm like oh my god we were the we were the same misfit children we were the same like creative spirits that just wouldn't shut up or just internally whether that was external or internal that like creative drive just didn't stop and um yeah I love to listen to your little trailer or just your clip from the very first episode Angelia where you were talking about setting that example of chasing your dreams for your kids like Mm -hmm. it's such a important responsibility you Mm -hmm. know so I just feel like we have a lot in common. And so I'm excited to, to talk with you guys. How many kiddos do you have? I have uh, two. So my son, he's nine. And then my daughter's five. Oh, I have I have a five and a nine-year-old too. So they're very fun age. Yeah. Yeah. They're really fun. Yeah. And then Alexis, you have, you have one as well? I do. I have a five-year-old daughter, but she will be six very soon. Okay. Oh, oh they're the best. Um, and Alexis, you live in Missouri. I do. I lived in Kansas City for five years, but now I'm in Washington State. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Ooh, is it as dreamy as I've romanticized it in my brain? Well, <laughs> I think everyone thinks of the like Edward Cullen side of Washington yeah. State. <laughs> yeah. But I'm in the like, well, I wouldn't call it the Napoleon Dynamite side of Washington State, <laughs> but like we're getting closer to that. Okay. Not really. That's still like 10 hours away, but like, so I'm closer to Idaho than I am to Seattle. Okay. So like, I'm kind of more in the Rocky Mountain foothills Mm -hmm. going over that way. So it's actually quite dry. It's like Colorado kind of like, not like the West side. So anyway. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Washingtonians will love to tell you that we have like all five climates, like the rainforest, the desert, the mountains, the ocean. And then something else. I don't know what the fifth one is, but yeah. <laughs> Which one are so, you in? Are you in the desert section or the? Uh, no, the mountain mountains, the mountains, but like drier mountains. Mm. So and there's lots of trees and pine trees yeah. and skiing and all that kind of stuff oh, over here. That's so fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, I need to look more in at the map because I didn't realize Washington oh. was so big and had so much. It is. It is. And, but Spokane is kind of, it's a small city. Like it's not. It's not much, but again, like I'm just getting more and more connected to authors and creatives. And like, there's some really awesome authors, I guess, who live in Spokane. Well, the romance authors, cause that's who I'm keeping tabs on, but yeah. 
yeah, romance authors. And then like one other really amazing audiobook narrator that I knew of, like I met here and he's an author as well. Travis Baldry, who wrote Legends and Lattes. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. He went there. That's was like, so cool. Oh yeah. So, you know, that it's a small town, but there's somebody here yeah. <laughs> besides me. <laughs> so. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. did you, did you grow up in Washington or where did you grow up at? Pretty much. Yes. I mean, I, I was born in like Massachusetts. I lived there just when I was a baby, like up until four, age four. And then I was in Spokane until I was 18. I moved to Kansas city and, um, and then I lived there for five years, met my husband and, uh, then I got pregnant and we moved back to Spokane to be with my family. So, and he's, his family's from Canada. So even though they were living in Kansas city, like they're from Alberta, which is only a few hours North, like eight hours North from Spokane or Calgary, Alberta. And, uh, so that was kind of a weird connection too, that we're like still kind of the same area ish, but anyway, that's where I've lived. Not a lot of places. So I, I'm pretty local. My husband's Canadian, like I said, and I really thought that he would like whisk me away to yeah. somewhere, maybe to Canada, maybe to a castle oh, somewhere yeah. in, in Europe. <laughs> it's never too late. Mm. I know. I know. We talk about it all the time. Like, we're like, okay, we've got a few more years of these kids and then, then <laughs> what's next? You know, oh, yeah. where are we, yes. where are we going? Those conversations so. are frequent in my household. I'm always yeah. trying to convince my husband to just get out let's go let's go and he's like we should wait until she's out of school I'm like well right okay how else are we gonna mess him up though I mean like so my husband was raised when he was um age four to 11 he lived in Poland his parents were they were planting a church there yeah kind of like missionaries but his dad was teaching English and it was like right after the the wall fell like early 90s right Mm -hmm. and communism like left Poland I don't really know. It's not a history lesson, so I don't really know. <laughs> but anyway, he was there. He was there from age four to 11. And, um, you know, that experience for him, so from Canada to Poland, back to Canada, then to the U.S., like being different everywhere he went, mm-hmm. that was his stories. I always felt different. And I I always felt different, right? And like listening to you guys, I feel like you're the same way. You, Like you love where you're from. And when you leave it, it's with you. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think bookish people, we love to travel. Like, so we'll mm-hmm. take it through a book mm-hmm. when we can get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like I've, I've always felt different and I, I feel like him and I connected on that. And sometimes we feel the most comfortable when we're with people who are kind of different from us. So I've yeah. always prized that international experience. I want that for my kids, but eh. yeah, I mean, we'll, we still go to Canada, like a few times a year Mm -hmm. and that's they're definitely more internationally connected you mentioned that you just kind of always felt weird or felt different I feel like you're right that is definitely a commonality between deeply creative people and uh it's just everyone on the podcast so far has said that exact same thing you know we just felt a little different or misunderstood and I've never asked this question Alexis I don't think you have either do you have a moment in your childhood or your youth where you kind of realized, oh, my brain's working a little differently? Oh, I'm seeing things a little differently than most people. I think I recognized it maybe more when I was a teenager, only because when I was a kid, it was more like I didn't quite um, 
I didn't quite grasp the fact that I was different because I was just uh-huh. trying to fit in. Like, <laughs> I remember like one year being like, okay, there's a girl in my class. Her name is Ashley and she's so quiet and so her hair is so perfectly combed and she's just so sweet. And I was like, okay, well, going into third grade, I was like pep talking myself. I'm like, don't talk. Don't talk. Talk as much as Ashley talks. She doesn't talk that much. So, <laughs> but I still like, it took me until I was high school where I was like, okay, I am not like the others or like middle school probably where I'm just like, nah, mm-hmm. I don't like this. I want out. I want out of my adolescence. I want out of this crowd. But yeah, when I was, when I was a child, I was still just like, if only I'd try a little harder, right? I could be like the mm. rest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Not fully an answer, but you know, yeah, I want it out. I just want it out of my middle school and high school experience so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to be doing something creative and I didn't feel like I could, you know. And I think back, like when I was in high school, like in the early 2000s, like it just wasn't, we didn't have the internet like we do now. You had yeah. no idea what kind of creativity was out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. What was available to me? My dad was just like, just pick a thing. Go to WSU out in the cornfields and just like do a thing, you know, whatever you want to do, but just pick it and stick with it and keep going. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a terrible student. So I think college is out of the question. So I basically just started working retail. um, And I just, I got married and I had kids and I was just like working part-time retail jobs until I was doing management. And then the next thing you know, it's like 10 years later and I've been doing retail. (laughs) So, and it's not exactly where I wanted to be, but I think my, like the high energy and the, the thrill of the sale and the quick connections that I made with people kept me, you know, and it it was like easy for me. I sold like hundreds and hundreds of gap cards. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I guess I had a skill in that, but, um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be. So speaking of origins, you know, it's just like, I wanted to get out, but I couldn't practically pursue a creative field or like forge my own way at that time. I just didn't know what was available. Out of what was available, did you lean towards any creative hobby on the side that you just never thought of it being a career? Yeah. So when I, when I was a kid, I did musical theater. So in the, your last episode where Angelia was talking about (laughs) being Pepper in the musical Annie, I was like, I would have been the Annie to your Pepper. Annie was my dream role. I never got it, but like I, Mm. I auditioned for it and they kept calling me back to, to keep reading for Annie and singing for her. And so I was totally into that, but yes, I did like local theater musical theater as a kid and I did other random stuff like church singing on the worship team at my church was like a creative outlet for me it was like the only performance arena that I really had other than musical theater and then I did a little bit of musical theater in high school um but yeah so that's where that's where that creativity was fostered for me so that's that's what I was doing. Also, like you guys, I, I think I have a writer in me too. I think she's in there somewhere. Ooh. Because I would journal, just like you guys said, journaling constantly. Like you're just like keeping this like little nest egg of imagination, like always. Like yep. you can't not. So 
yeah, in middle school and high school, I was journaling a lot and um, picked up a few chords on the guitar and started writing my own emo songs, you know? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I did. But all of those things, it was like, okay, like, yeah, I didn't know how they were going to be turned into a career, exactly what you just said. So you're like, okay, well, what else yeah. can I do? And then I just looked ahead and I was like, nothing. I can't, I don't, I have nothing. So that wasn't, that's just honest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and my parents were looking at me like, yeah, we have nothing yeah. for you either. I was like, oh. okay, well. The struggles of knowing, like just feeling in your gut that you are this highly creative, imaginative person when you are so young, when it, when you realize it at a young age, which I, I would say grade school, middle school is, I think really when a lot of us yeah. start to realize that we are seeing things differently, it is so hard. And yeah. your parents want to like help you make these connections and have all these outlets. But it's really, there's, depending on where you're from, there aren't a lot of outlets for yes. people who are in eighth grade or middle school, whatever, to express their creativity. N now I will say my daughter has had more opportunity than what I ever would have had in my little small town in Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. But it, man, that's just such a hard, middle school is such a hard time for discovering stuff like that. It's just an awkward period. Oh, it, it really is. Worse. It really is. Um, speaking of middle school, a couple episodes ago, you talked about the AR points. And I remember mm -hmm. those AR points too for the assigned, I think it was assigned reading. Um, oh, is that what it was? I thought yeah. it was like accelerated reading. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was assigned reading. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I remember doing that too. But I was such a cheater that I watched like the movie version, the like BBC <laughs> Pride and Prejudice from 1995. And I like yes. got like 30 points or something for, <laughs> for having read that book because I knew all the plot, <laughs> the plot points. I passed the test, but I didn't actually read the book. So anyway, oh, and then wow. I like watched Lord of the Rings and I was like, yeah, I could totally do an <laughs> AR quiz for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> When did books enter the picture for you? When did the love of reading spark for you? Oh, I, yeah, I loved the Chronicles of Narnia were probably my first, like, my first loves. Um, and, you know, the movie versions got me reading the books too, like Anne of Green Gables. I was really into that. I mean, yeah, any girl who, who is just like yearning for something more, I'm like, yes, that's me. Um, but again, like, I feel like the last 10 years were preparatory for me in a lot of ways, but um, I didn't really get back into books until I started listening to audiobooks in 2020. Um, mm -hmm. A friend of mine mentioned a book series. She said, oh, I just devoured this book series. I stayed up all night reading it. My husband's like looking over at me. It's 4 a.m. Like, I just didn't stop. Like, I manically like read these books and they were the the Devabad series by S.A. Yes. Chakraborty. Yes. Yeah. Yes, City of Brass. Yeah, they're great. So I was like, oh, well, I want to read that book, except I have a couple of kids and I can't sit and read mm. at all. Like, I just don't have that capacity. So mm -hmm. yeah. I started listening to audio that audiobook series and that hooked me and... I think it's like Selena Nancali. Oh, I'm gonna butcher her name. Selena Nancali, I think is her name. I should probably look it up. Um, but she narrated and she was amazing. And then I just started reading these like kind of YA fantasy. And then that does take you down the path of the 
romance fantasy and so that was hooking me I was like this is dopamine this is exciting (laughs) like (laughs) they're about to kiss oh no they're not like so I was really into audiobooks yeah in 2020 and my retail store was closed like I had started I was managing another store and you know Mm -hmm. I was just home all day with my head one headphone in while I was doing everything else that everyone was doing like making weird iced coffee and baking sourdough and all that stuff cutting our own bangs yeah cutting my own bangs yeah cutting my sister's hair who was living with us too yeah I totally did that (laughs) um but yeah the audiobooks oh and I just burned through them and then my husband too like me and my husband listened to them together we have an audible account together yeah it's been the best so we're just like did you did you read this did you listen to this did you listen so so that's when they entered the picture for me again. And then I read um, From Blood and Ash by uh, Jennifer Armentrout. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Stina Nielsen's performance I thought was amazing. And I fell in love with her voice, the voice of Castile. Like I think about it probably once a day. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I thought, oh, this, like I'm being really moved by her performance. Like yes. this is touching me deeply. Like, yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I like to listen to myself talk. And I performed once, once upon a time, I took some acting classes. Like I've been behind a mic before singing and in studio, like just playing around in studios with friends. And um, so I started to look up how to get into it. But yeah, that's, mm-hmm. so books entered the picture when audiobooks entered the picture for me in my, just in the last few years. That is amazing. I love that we have the technology that we have now because I remember back when I was a kid, we didn't really have too many options in the audiobook section of our library. So once audiobooks became a mass market thing in the recent years, mm-hmm. it felt like a whole new world. As a mom, I totally relate to when my daughter was a bit younger. I didn't mm-hmm. have the time to be sitting there reading a book. I would get interrupted so many times. Right. And the audiobooks are magical because you can just have one in and you can be having a baby on one hip, doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think there's so many magical performances that it does breathe a whole different type of life and character into the words of the author. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now knowing that you have like a a lot musical theater background, I'm picturing in my head, this is going to sound so stupid. (laughs) I don't even care. Go. I'm picturing in my head you channeling certain scenes from your childhood or certain moments. And I'm serious. And not just musical theater, but like you, like you said, it's a performance for a book, an audiobook narrator is a performance. So I'm just, I'm wondering now, do you have to, do you channel from certain moments of your life for certain scenes or what, what does that look like? Because yeah. like I'm over here thinking I would just get the book and read it and mess up every other word and then cut and restart. It would be awful. It would be awful. It definitely depends on the book. I've had moments where when I know I need to access an emotion quickly, yeah, I, I, I don't pull so much from like my acting in musical theater as far as like those roles I played, but just like my real life experience. I will totally... Yeah think of something really sad when I'm supposed to be sad (laughs) and Mm -hmm. but to me it's like it really is like a fusion of this character's experience and my experience because 
I am thinking about what's going on in the book too, but like, Mm -hmm. I'll just find like a shadow of it in my own life to just feel that realness. And isn't that just what we do when we read the books too, right? Like yeah, Mm -hmm. when we're reading them. So yeah. So yeah, I totally do that. I, and I love it. Like I, it's very much satisfied that like acting bug that I caught so long ago. So um, one character, I'm in the process of recording a book about like a pirate captain chick. It's like a steampunk fantasy pirate captain. It's so fun. The book is outrageous. I love that. Yes. I love pirates. My book's about pirates. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I, I want to ask you guys about your books in a sec too. Um, but this book, this character is like threatening to like rip out the entrails of some guy and choke him with it. You know, she's just like insane. Love it. She's unhinged. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to voice this character. And I've never before, like, felt this way about anyone. Like, I barely allow myself to feel anger about anything. And so I was chatting with, like, one of my coaches, like an acting coach and performance coach. And she's like, just go stomp around your basement and say, like, every filthy word you can think of and just, like, start growling at yourself and just monologue. She's like, just monologue for, like, 60 minutes, not 60 minutes, 60 seconds, and just get there. Get there that way. So I have been doing a little bit of that. Thankfully, my kids are not around. But, yeah, <laughs> like, I got to stomp around my basement like I'm the the deadly pirate queen. It's awesome. That is so fascinating to me to hear more about how you kind of get into character and pull inspiration from your real life while also just feeling invested in the story. I am actually really curious how you even got started to begin with because it it takes a dream, it takes a talent, but it also takes effort and diving into a new industry can always be intimidating. So how did you even get started with being an audiobook narrator? Yeah, one of the things I found out I have to do as the narrator, I mean, because I've only been at this for a little over a year. Mm -hmm. So the first few months were me just like record, like figuring out how to record a full audiobook, which takes a lot of time and learning new tech and learning new software. Um, But once I got to a place where I felt like I could introduce myself to production companies... I had to email, like cold email mm-hmm. um, production yep. companies with a link to my sample. This is me. This is what I'm interested in doing. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> that's, that's, and here, yeah. listen to my voice if you have time. Um, so, yeah. And that's actually something that's a continual process for audiobook narrators. We always have to stay in touch with these production companies and try to get to the top of their queue or the, you know, get on their radar. Um, so yeah. That's wow. So you don't necessarily get an agent to represent you. Yeah, you can, you can. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But you don't have to. Right. Okay. Maybe that's yeah similar that's awesome. for authors too. Right. You can have mm-hmm. an agent, but you don't necessarily have to get one. And when you're in yeah. the beginning stages of something, maybe you can't afford one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah. It, I mean, it's been successful. I've been able to get in with a handful of production companies that I, I want to be with, mm-hmm. be talking to. And then um, I'm learning that just being connected in the book community is important. Like I'm getting to know authors mm-hmm. and then authors request me to publish, 
or yeah, publishers or producers. So that's a roundabout way of getting introduced to a producer as well. So for example, Mm -hmm. there was a producer that I had emailed like three or four times, like cold email. And then I had an author in my DMs say, hey, I think you'd be great for my next project. Have you heard of such and such production company? And I'm like, yes, I've heard of them, but they have not heard of me. So let's let's hook this up. So yeah, so that's how that can happen too. It's awesome. You mentioned in your little form thing that you filled out and you can tell us no and we can edit it out. Okay. okay. But you mentioned that you're narrating a fun book that you're not allowed to announce. I really oh, yeah. am so nosy, but you can say you're not allowed and we will not. No, I am allowed. It was just announced today that I'll be <gasps> narrating Flip Trick by Ammo Jones. Ammo Jones, why is that name so familiar to me? On Instagram, she's Dark Romance Mommy, and she is a mommy, you guys. So uh, I'm going to creep right now. Yeah. Um, her books are super dark, and this is also just in the very beginning stages, so I haven't been able to read the full That's book yet. Cute. Yeah. She's like one of the biggest bookstagram bookstagrammer names on Instagram. Yeah. That's congratulations. Thank that you. is so exciting. Thank you. Wow. I'm super excited. Ugh. I cannot wait to do this book. Like it's gonna be such an emotional ride. I yeah, I skimmed it the other day because it's on Kindle Unlimited. So I yeah. and I, I downloaded um all the songs on the playlist at the beginning of the book. And I'm like, ooh, I'm I'm gonna listen to these. I'm gonna listen to these songs to amp myself up before I record. So, yeah, I'm super excited, and wow. I I get to do it with well, congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, it's gonna be also with Logan Anair. I think that's how you say his last name. I I didn't know him before, but he's really awesome, and he's gonna be voicing the male point of view sections yes. of the book. Yeah. So ooh. yeah, I love it when they do have a female and male duetting yes. together. Yes. Yeah, me too. I I love it. Also, this will be my first like, um, my first uh, dual narration project. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh wow! What an exciting thing! I'm going yeah. to be following along for that. But going back to your um, by not your bio, but the the little snippet you gave us, you mentioned oh, something yeah. really cool that we're interested in because we don't like AI. Um, you mentioned a Kickstarter project, yeah, with Pink Flamingo Productions. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Pink Flamingo's Kickstarter project is um, a fight against AI. It's for the month of June, which is Audiobook Month. So. 10 authors, 20 narrators, and Pink Flamingo are creating 10 books in the effort to fight AI. So there's going to be posts and um, social media shares about just the importance of using an actual human voice to narrate audiobooks. Because apparently robots are trying to take my job. Oh, the job of authors and writers, but also a narrator. So that's not cool. No. Um, no, we don't like that. No. Yeah, no. So follow Pink mm-hmm. Flamingo, and I'll be posting like through the rest of this month and June for audiobook month. And so that's this Ammo Jones project, Flip Trick, mm-hmm. is part of that Kickstarter campaign. That's exciting. Yeah. So to, to kind of round this all off, we talked about mm-hmm. Little or You when you felt like you just... You knew where you were creative, but you didn't know which output to pour that into. And then mm-hmm. your origin story over the last few years of discovering audiobooks, discovering your love for it, discovering a career in it. If you're looking at this big picture thing, and if mm-hmm. you could pick 
a title for the book of your life, a title for your origin story, if you will, what would it be? Oh boy. I would pick out just like a little lyric from a song I wrote in one of my middle school journals, probably. Um, We're inspired by a song I wrote and I would call it Seas Inside, S-E-A-S, like the seas inside of us. Yeah. Um, Just because I feel really abundant inside. Like I feel like Hmm. um, I contain a lot and don't we all in all of us? Like we are Mm -hmm. deep, us us unhinged creative types. Like we just keep going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was my like poetically ambiguous book title sees inside and it would be partial memoir partial uh you know maybe some poetry mixed in personal Mm. essay you're speaking to my soul that's great (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's such powerful imagery yeah and I love how you explained your reasoning behind it and that it's a lyric from something you wrote for so many years ago you're just bringing it full circle yeah that's right we gotta we gotta You've got that, yeah, you definitely have that storyteller oomph in you. I can I can hear it in your words now in hearing you talk. You've got it. Thank you. Well, thank you. I. It's funny because someone has asked me, like, oh, do you want to write a book? Because I've got the Google Docs open, too. Like, I've got a new book idea on every Google Doc. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but it's been really humbling, like, the last almost year and a half realizing how much work it takes to just become an audiobook narrator, like just that, you know, starting a new career. It's like, okay, it takes time and it takes hours. And I, I think it's probably a good thing as a creative to know that, okay, I don't want to just pick something up and then Mm -hmm. be and drop it. Right. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I realized that writing a book would take me you know, another 10 years to please myself. And that's okay. Maybe in, in 10 years from now or five years from now, I'll want to pick that up. But, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little more down to earth with my creative ambitions because I, yeah. I am an ideas person and I wish I could just oh, like yeah. come up with ideas all the time and have mm-hmm. other people do them. But maybe someday. Huh. Yeah, maybe. So. And that's the whole thing. You know, as we said earlier in the podcast, and we've said in almost every podcast, you're never too old to chase your dreams. You're never too old yeah. to pursue something new. So I would really, I've, I've just enjoyed talking to you this evening. I'm sure, Alexis, you would repeat this. I could literally, I can just tell. We could sit and talk to you for hours and never get bored. Yeah, I know. My you kids, just... I do have to pick up my kids at, in like 15 minutes. Or my husband might be. I don't know. I should probably check with him. But anyway, <laughs> he's here today. But, but yeah, I would just, man, I can't wait to have you back on the podcast when you've narrated some more books. And we get yeah. to, would love to have some more, pick your brain a little bit more. Because it's just so fascinating to hear mm-hmm. from someone who put so much work into other people's books, but it's also a piece of yourself. Like it's your own performance and you're helping creatives tell their story even, I don't want to say even better, but in a new magical way. And there's just something special to that. Yeah. As an author, you know, you put your book out there. You don't get to voice it with your own voice, right? So having Mm -hmm. a narrator read your work is, or anyone reading your work out loud is just this, extra layer of you realizing how others are hearing your work, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to receive your book a little bit differently and put their own spin on every character. So yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, we could talk a long time. I love it. So thank Absolutely. you so much for, for having me on. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And man, if you ever just want to pop back on in a couple months, just send us another yeah. message. We would love to have you again. Yes. You've been such a joy sunshine. to talk to, and you just radiate sunshine. Oh, thank I just need you. you to know that. You, 
You do. Oh, thank you. Well, you guys are kindred spirits and I am so excited for all, like all these beginnings, right? Right. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm going to be watching you guys. So we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Okay. Absolutely. We'll be following you too. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye. Angelia, I don't know about you, but that was a wild, beautiful ride of an interview. That was all the emotions, all the fun. She just shared a lot about the audiobook process and like what it looks like to get started. And it was exciting to hear how one day she just did it. I know. And all the work that she's put into it. Like I, I've never sat back and realized, yeah, you probably have to have a voice coach or an acting coach or something in that realm. So it's very inspiring to sit back and hear her talk about all the steps that she's taken to get where she is now. Yeah. And the fact that we as writers go through querying, but it seems like she's got her own almost querying like process where she has to pitch herself and constantly remind herself that her voice is valuable and that she does bring something to the table. And I'm just really proud of how she's committed to pursuing this expression of art and I love I especially love how she always knew she was creative and she never gave up on figuring out what that perfect right thing was yeah I agree I think it was a very fun interesting perspective of someone in the bookstagram community so I'm really glad that we were able to listen to her and hear what she has to say it was so exciting awesome well thanks for joining us this week on before the prologue and don't forget to follow us on instagram at before the prologue podcast and don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode we'll see you next time